Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your host, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Hello, best friends. I saw that line from Nick. Uh, I just said, are you going to kick off the podcast and interrupt, interrupted Al before you even open your mouth? Interrupting Al. I just, it How does Lance me. put up with him? I don't I'm know. I'm inspired by Kanye. Just <laughs> shouting things out. Not judging. Uh, yeah. Shouting things out. What a better week. What a better turnaround, Al. Yeah. Back in the saddle over here. So if you didn't listen to last week, shame on you. Shame on you. First of all, uh, go and listen to it. But Lance was striking out. Now Big time. Happened? Three weeks in a row. Could not land a client at all whatsoever. Tears, crying, puddle. Nervous. Yeah, not happy yeah. about it. That's for sure. Uh, so then as of, uh, so I, I had that, I, if, you, if, you, if you'd missed last week's episode, one of the things I said is, I'm going to go out of my way and have a Saturday morning phone, phone conference meeting with a client because like it's go time. I got to break this back. I got to break this streak. So did that. Uh, I'm set to sign them on next monday of the monday after this podcast airs and then right on that monday morning of this week signed signed another contract contract with a client and i want to give a this it's a very it's a very uh good contract for us uh we're excited about the project is we're gonna we're going to revamp a was it was what what would be classified as mid-century uh modern house but we're going to upgrade everything it's up in loveland and i want to give a shout out to angelo Morasco of Cadence Design Studio in Denver for the referral. What's awesome about it is we don't get paid for to do this con. We don't get paid at all to do this podcast. But Angelo is a listener, and the the project was too far for them, so they referred us to this client. So I just want to give him a huge shout out. Even though we don't get paid for the podcast, we did end up uh, getting something for for giving. So well, uh, so some people are surprised that Lance and I don't know exactly what we're doing. Um, each other. <laughs> no, no, no. I didn't mean it that way. That what came out funny. They aren't surprised at that. They, <laughs> that's obvious. Um, Our employees listen to this. But but we were talking to some interiors and designers, and they're like, one was calling me and was talking to me, and an engineer was talking to me about my project. And he was like, oh, yeah, this other project. And he goes, I know it's a Lance project, whatever. I go, yeah, I have no idea what's going on. He's like, oh, so you can't answer? What? I was like, I have no idea. I didn't even know that project existed. <laughs> But anyway, so I knew oh, you a little mean, bit about you mean, this. You mean it in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think what he's getting at is like, uh, you would think that Alex and I know the intricacies of every single project that we are respectively no. working on with our respective teams. We do not. Yeah. Uh, and that's, I don't think that's a bad thing. I just think it's a reality. Yeah. So anyways, I looked this guy up, the CandiceStudio.com. Uh, they do some awesome work. They do way really cool stuff. Like yeah. Them. Yeah. Mid-century modern. One of their uh, taglines was unabashedly... Does it say unabashedly modern? No, I'm just that? looking at these clean floor plans. Yeah, mm. they do. They do great stuff. So again, thank you so much, Angelo. Seriously, you 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 don't even know how much that helped me just break out of a funk. Uh, and I I just had a, I just came out of a sales meeting before this this podcast before we started recording this podcast. So hopefully we'll get another one. Keep on trucking. You and I went to one together. There were huge dogs. They scared. They freaked us out a little bit. Yeah. Well, before we go to that, uh, <laughs> I'm looking at their website. And what's cool? I'll show you. Is that they show design options, meaning they go through and look at this. 
oh, you want a kitchen this way or you want a kitchen this way? And what I like, maybe I'm an architect, so I just really like this. But to me, like as a client, it says, oh, we're going to adjust and listen and go through the process. It's like visually telling them, hey, there's a process. Hey, there's a process. Hey, there's a process. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, guys. Go check them out. Seem like cool. Cool people. Are they doing? Well, hey, maybe you should. Wow. I'm in a 3D model of theirs navigating around. Get out of town. So maybe you should uh, take take cue from these guys because they're kicking butt. And taking names, like and, our names, and and we should we should make our own version of this. I, I like that idea because then you could say like it could be like the process tab, and you can go there and it shows the process. And it, you know, it, it, we already have some of the graphics made for an addition. You you, you modified the contract, so now we have an addition contract yeah. that shows the process, but, but in a different way. Um, the the think about a website, right? The first pictures always like a friendly, nice pictures, and it could go through the final product, right? Then Lance have a description, right? So a bunch of final pictures, descriptions, and then show a bunch of process ones. Why not? I love it. Three part. I think it's a good idea. Can't wait till you do it. I know. I know. Um, (laughs) I'm excited. Speaking of that, well, let me jump into what I just did this morning. I'm I'm skipping ahead in our little outline. You know, we're doing a, this is a sneak peek preview. Sneak peek preview. Boom. Hit it of what's going to happen this summer and happen next week. And, and I'll fully announce it and all that stuff. We're doing a Revit summer course. Oh, my goodness. Lance doesn't even know. That's, what? You, are, you, are you calling this Al Gore University? F9, F9U? But, but no, FU. Oh, <laughs> snap. But um, <laughs> we probably won't call it that, but we should. Anyways, tweet at us if you want us to call. You it. walked in and you're like, "Why is there a shirt on the table? There's a button-up shirt and all that." Yeah. So I had Jason film me, and I did the introduction, and I did. Well, there's little segments of me just talking about the philosophy and like wh- what we're trying to accomplish in these little segments. So everything's broken down. We do Revit families, and in Revit families, we go from simple shapes to parametric boxes and all that crazy stuff. Then we jump over to the project side, and we do windows, doors, flo- walls, uh, schedules, all that stuff. But it's broken down into the little like three to five minute segments. So it's easy to find, easy to go back to, all that. Should be great. It's going to be on Teachable, um, which is like just a, a, a great way to tra- – it tracks. I didn't even say some of this when I was did my sales thing. It tracks how far you are. So let's say you just want to start a seven-minute video, but you, you get four minutes into it and you have to go or something. It, it tracks it. So when you come back, like you just start right there. You don't have to remember or anything like that. So – I'm super excited about it. I just, I finished all the tutorials where I'm doing the screen stuff like last week. And then I've just been dreading doing these ones where like I'm in front of the camera. Not that, not because I care that I'm in the camera, in front of the camera, but you you know this, like how, how to put together like five to 10 minutes without screwing up. Somehow you can do it on the screen or maybe you screw up. Actually, sorry. You mean like, okay, so two, two, two different ways, right? Uh, five to ten minutes talking to a camera versus yep. five. five to ten minutes doing something on the computer recording your screen. Yep. It, this, the latter is easier, yes. But not so funny. So I we're going to – there's um, testimonials that we're going to put in. And it, it's from these girls. And they said, we love when you screw up <laughs> because then you show how to <laughs> fix it. You know what I mean? Because it happens all it happens all the time. And maybe on the screen you just don't notice. So like – I'm, we love it when you screw up. That is such. That is the most interesting feedback I've heard in yeah. a long time. Because all of a sudden you, you mess up and you go, oh, I probably even say, I, oh, crap, that didn't work out. So what do I do now? 
Yeah, maybe it, and honestly, maybe like psychologically, it humanizes you a little bit in the video, and all of us, and then it takes you takes you off of like not that you are on a pedestal, but is when you when you yeah. and somebody's talking at you, then all of a sudden it makes you feel like they're talking with you. Yeah, and here's the other thing too. Almost, I shouldn't avoid screw ups, and then in some of the tutorials, I go here are the common screw ups because those screw ups that I do. And we know because we teach students like, man, they're going to find ways to screw it up that you won't even know about. So I don't mind putting those in. It's really good. Anyways, look for that. Um, it will be updated on RevitFurniture.com. You'll see a new thing. If, if you're a student and if you're, you know what? I'll tell you this. If you're a student and you think you're good at, at Revit, like everyone that applies to our firm, and we just say, okay. And then we hire them based on their portfolio, personality, all this stuff. Two months later, they go, oh, yeah, yeah. I put Revit skill eight. I was at Revit skill two. That so. is hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, students, you are at Revit skill two, no matter what you think. I hate to say it, but it's okay. Uh, yep. Um, and then professionals, I know you don't, if you haven't learned Revit, you need to. I mean, student, it's just, there's there should be no question in your head that you need to be good at Revit. This shouldn't even be a, a question. Yep. For professionals, I don't, you don't have a time, you're comfortable, all that. I'm going to walk you through. I'm going to be your guide. Um, and then we're going to give you everything that you need. And we're going to set you up. We don't start from scratch. And there was a Entree Architect uh, Facebook group. Again, everyone get in it if you can. Uh, one person was asking whether they should get a, a template and all that. And actually, another person just contacted me from that, from that group for this. For this. And some people were saying, build it on your own as you go. And I understand that philosophy. Yeah, that's a fair... I mean, that's a I, fair way of thinking. I do understand that. And it's totally legitimate. But... But here's... You're going to be slowed down. You're going to be slowed down so much because you're going to want to do like things. It's like the Lego philo- the Lego concept every single time. Like, do you really want to make the Legos first, you know, to yeah. then then to make the Lego building? Come on. Well, here you go. Let's say you're putting in, in doors and, and just you're laying out a floor plan and you're putting in doors you have to go find different doors and put them or find a good model and make sure it's a good model and make sure it doesn't break and that it tags right and, and all that. Or, you know, that, and then, then you just to say to yourself, Oh, I built it as I went, slowed down my process immensely and didn't even know that this broke in the future and was a terrible model. Like, no, there's doors. There's five different types. You know, there's sliding doors, French doors, pocket doors, stuff like that. We got them for you. We got you. You're good. We got your Legos. Yeah, come get them. Speaking of students, I, we didn't put this on the, on, but I don't care. Yesterday we had some students in, which was awesome. Oh, yeah. I want us briefly talk about that. So if anybody, so we are uh, one of of two decent sized firms. I, we're small, right? We're less yeah. than twelve people. That's considered a small firm in in a town of a hundred thousand people. So <clears throat> at my son's middle school. Actually, the whole school district did this for all the middle schools. Is they they have a career day, and so uh, if you Google F- architects in Longmont, then that's we pop up number one. And so we ha- we were bombarded with students who wanted to come in because they wanted to be architects and they had to do a job shadow day. We actually had like twelve. 12 people contacted us, and I we had to we had after a while I had to turn people down honestly because we, we have such a small shop, like space to operate in. That we we could only host three, so we hosted three. It was great. They came in. We told them about ourselves. They asked us all kind of questions, um, and then they went around. I, I couldn't think of anything more valuable for like a middle schooler. I, I told my wife about how we we did it. You know, so they came in. They did that. Then they went around each of the guys' desks and they 
just Mark told him what he was doing, explained some things, same thing with Gresh, everybody else. Um, and then I said, and then the last part of it was we sat him down and they did 30 minutes of Revit tutorials. Just a really the basic, the most basic fundamental one that they, they could do, right? I told my wife all this and she was like, oh my God, they must have had a blast. She's like, I've, she's, because she took, she took two of our sons yeah. on her, she was the career day for them. To oh, be a, so to the be, mom was the career to, day. To be, a, to be a realtor. Well, and then my son was with me. Yeah, but, but this is a, he, he didn't even come. He just sat. He, well, Kyler, to, to he his, was here, but Well, not and here. to his defense. My children, I've I lead an integrated life, so like they've been on career day their whole lives. They've actually been in <laughs> F nine original headquarters at my office. Oh, I, I mean at my house, yep. just hanging out while. Yeah, Kyler learned SketchUp when he was like six. They're just kind of they're just over it, right? They're just bored with it. Yeah, but it was it was it was a, I think it was not only a good thing for those middle schoolers. Plus, I I think it's just such a good thing for the guys and and like the culture here. Yep. to have a nice break. Everybody gets to make a little difference in somebody's life. Kind of, you know, who knows who we who we possibly influence. So, if you ever get that opportunity in your firm, I don't care how small you are and and how busy you are, just do it. But don't do it. So, I went to my dad's career day. Try to IBM. plan it. I think that's what I'm getting. Like, we, yeah. I thought we did a pretty good job for two hours. And and all I remember was we. Uh, oh, it was IBM back in the '90s. Weren't you impressed with the robot that would go back and forth? I was impressed with the robot. Robots would walk down, would be in the halls with you and they'd be on wheels delivering stuff. And then like, I was like, dad, what is this? He was like, Hey, go in front of one. So like I'd go in front of one and stop. And I'd try to like get them to hit me, but they wouldn't hit me. <laughs> and then we went to, <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> like you don't even have, like Amazon is doing that now. And it seemed as new. Remember Amazon warehouses? Well, when you, oh, when, a robot rolls over, get something. Like, well, when you told me about that when we were in college, that, about doing that with your dad at, at IBM, it literally blew my mind. I was like, wow, yeah. I didn't even know IBM was doing that stuff. And do you know why it went away? <laughs> Budget? I don't know. No, they go, the email. It was literally delivering. <laughs> it was le- mail, right? Yeah, so like you'd, you'd call, like press a button and come. You'd put a letter on it and say, go to Jim. Oh, nice. Go find Jim um, or something like that. Yeah. But, but anyways... Uh, and then I went to some, me- I literally just sat in a meeting zoned out. And then the only thing I remember hearing my dad say, someone was cussing because they're mad. And dad kind of just like looked at that guy and looked at me. I was like, ah, he can swear. I don't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that word. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So, but, but I cut you off because your wife in career day, she said, Oh, Oh no, she had a good day with the boys. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. The, the, our oldest boy, he's, he's like very influenced by her and he should be right. Yep. So he, he's gonna go. He's gonna he's gonna go get his realtor license when he's eighteen. And you know, he was at, literally asking questions. He kept entertaining. The little one didn't care. The little one did not care at all. This is, well, yeah. uh, boy or girl? Boy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Luke didn't care. Yeah. Um, but it's what she said about us, she's like, she just thought, oh wow, I bet they had a blast. I bet they had a blast. I'm like, yeah, we made them feel like, you know, I mean, we just did give them as much information as we could. And then the kicker was, okay, go to work. And you yep. guys get to work for a little bit. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, I got an idea for you. What's that? And it came from, I, I read Creativity Inc. Very fun book. It's about Pixar. And I thought it was just about going to be like how to be creative. I was like, I wrote a book on this. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did, but it, it didn't come off like that. Um, but it was a, it's about the history of Pixar and it's more about how to run a business. Uh-huh. I was like, it was, just, it was just awesome. Like a fun read. Because... All the movies you know and how they did stuff and, and the trials and tribulations that they had. And first, like a quote. And this quote is unrelated to what I want to tell you about. But 
The goal, this is just one of many quotes. The goal isn't to achieve stability, but to achieve balance. And what he was talking about there, and I think this is what we do. Remember when we were talking about like, hey, how much should you plan? And we should plan and we should have a coach. And I'm going to go on another tangent. Remember last time we were talking about having a coach? Yeah. It, It depends on who that coach is, obviously. But here's the example. The drafts were yesterday. Okay. There's a whole bunch of huge talent. And it's so hard to see, like... What drafts? The NFL? NFL. Oh, yeah. Who gets drafted? Who's successful? Who's not? Who's successful in college? You know, hey, he's 6'5 and strong. Why is he good? Why is he bad? One of the most successful college coaches no one knows about. I don't even know his name. But listen to this. He was the coach of the quarterback that has the most wins ever in um, D1 football, which is Brock Jensen at NDSU. The no, that's the record. I think he won like 78 games and lost like three, right? Then he coached Carson Wentz, who went on to Eagles and was like the second pick. Second overall. pick. Second pick. Yep. And then then he's at Wyoming now, and their quarterback, Josh Allen, went like seventh. So he coached the top quarterbacks in the last couple drafts, and then the one before, before NDSU was known the winningest college football coach ever. So is that a coincidence or is the same coach extremely, extremely good? Like, how do you find, I want to find that guy because that's what I'm saying. Like, you want to find that guy to coach us. Here, here's the analogy. Like, okay, we're good. Quote unquote, good. Well, there's, there's, we know them that the guy that you just mentioned is good. Nick is good. There's a whole bunch of good people. What if there's that coach that makes a difference and there could be that coach that you hire that doesn't make the difference. Because here, here's the other example. Um, Baylor. Baylor's like, my, my sister's in Texas. They're like, that's a shit school. No one like, you know, especially for can, football. Can we reincarnate Art Gensler? Uh, exactly. <laughs> I, don't I, mean, th- I mean, that's, I don't think that, he's dead, that, though. I thought he was. Ooh, they, we should really know this. Wow. Now you're putting me on the spot like that. Sorry. I'll have to look that up. But, Keep going. But Baylor, you know, just an okay team. Every one of their quarterbacks was absolutely amazing. Yep. Right? Did they just happen to have the best recruit? I'm I'm sure they had a good recruiter and all that, but there's there's something to it. So if anyone knows, like, hey, this is obviously the best coach that can take someone with a, at least some semblance of talent and make them into the greatest. That that's that's what I'm thinking. Anyways, back to where I was going because I went on a tangent. So a, st- a stability versus balance, because this is where it comes into, and this is what Creativity Inc was was going to is like if you set too many goals. And he had to train like some of his staff. His staff would come in and say, like, hey, here's the next uh, next five years. Here's a 20-page report of what we're going to do, how we're going to do it, right? And we're going to end at this pinnacle, Lance, this peak, right? Which means you're very stable. Like, you have goals and plans. You know, everything's laid out. That's very stable. He goes, yeah, but what if something else comes out? What if someone comes out? What if uh, something changes? What if the script is wrong? You know, that plan is going to go to crap. So... What I think we do well, and I wasn't able to explain it, is, is we have balance, right? So you were off the last couple of weeks. I was on. Something comes like we're able to literally jump from pile to pile and hold up different things because we are somehow have this concept of, of balance. And I think that's what some people might get too heavy, I think, into here's a plan. Here's a structure. This is how it's going to happen. And then something else comes in from the side. That's not part of the plan. Don't focus on that that's stability, quote unquote. 
focus on how you can balance these. And that's what a staff does for us. It was so hard getting that yeah, first person. No, it, that but is, then after that, so huge. Yeah. Because I even asked you, what was it last yesterday? Or was it the, yeah, this morning at like six in the morning, I text you, I go, which, which guys can I have next week? Balancing the firm. Yep. You know, let me give you a Gensler update. Uh, he is still alive. There you go. <laughs> That's embarrassing. However, there you go. So let's who, call him up. It, that's why I know, right? Honestly, it would be. I would. There's two questions I would ask somebody like Arthur Gensler. Number one is, when do you? Um, what do you decide? How do you? How, what's your weeding out process for people for potential clients? Where you and then you you say yes or no to even going to have a meeting with them or you know all that stuff like the weeding out process to me. I need to improve on that. And I've talked about it many times. And then the second part is, okay, like what are your top three keys to closing a deal? You know, what, like, what do you do after you give them the proposal? Like, are there any special things? You know, we've, we've talked about this before too. Like, is it a phone call? And I've been doing the phone call. I've been doing the phone call, making sure, Hey, I just sent you the proposal. Let me know if you have any questions, et cetera, et cetera. There's also just, so those two, I think it's like, I think the meat, I, I am comfortable with the meat of, an M-E-A-T, not like meeting, but like the meat of getting getting the meeting, going into the meeting. I know how to sell. I know what the questions to ask, all that stuff during the meeting, but it's the front and the back end. It's I Because I, I think if I could figure out the front end a little bit better, and I've been doing the whole, yeah, it's $250 or whatever for like a first meeting. I've been doing that and it's hit or miss. Some people go for it, some people don't. And it doesn't, and then the claim is if they go for that, Okay, great. They're not going to be cheap. And then then they have an emotional tie to you for spending that money. Yep. And they but I don't buy it. I don't buy it because it it doesn't always work out like that. It's hit or miss. There's like there's no guarantee. I think it's a decent method, but at the same time, there's other clients where they've they've spent quite a bit of money on us and they pretty much demanded a first free meeting. And, yep. and, and like they're very good clients. I, two custom houses last year at the end of the end of last year, th- those clients you know, there was no talk about charging them money at the beginning, and then they they, was, they were handsome uh, fees. So I don't know. Yeah, it's the difference between again going back to what we we're talking about: building your own template, buying one, you know, starting from scratch. And this is what I mean: is some things sound good on paper, but then in practice they don't pan out. And it's just experience that's gonna gonna teach you. And it's situation too. It's situation. So Art, Art, if you're listening, just you know, tweet tweet at us. <laughs> Facebook, it's all up on the Twitter. <laughs> um, but here was where we were really going. So from that book, if we yeah. circle all the way back to the book, another idea, they, they, uh, they had an idea. So they were getting larger and larger and larger, and they wanted to keep company culture. Pixar. 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 Yep. And they needed to reduce costs because things were just getting bloated. You know, bureaucracies happen in, in businesses all the time. So they said, we need to stop this. We can't be bloating up the people, the man hours for each project just to do it. So they had a retreat where they took the the uh, the execs, the the high, their higher up people. I think there's like forty or fifty at the company. Flew out to like Sedona or something like that. And finally, one of the guys on the technical side said, they they made a goal and they said we need to reduce uh, our our work week hours per movie by ten percent. You know how how do we do that? That they're like we need to do this. And he goes, why don't we just ask the staff? I don't know how he said it, but like, why don't we ask the team? Why don't we ask everyone? So then their brains got cooking and they go, we need to have a day. And it was called notes day. And, and they are a large organization of like 
2,000 people. I don't know. Large. Let's just bigger say than us. bigger than us. So they let everyone know and then said, hey, come up. We This is our goal. And then come up with topic areas. So then they emailed like 200 topic areas. So then they had a group of people that narrowed it down to like 30 topic areas. Then they had breakout groups. You could go to these different sessions. Then they talked about it. Then they put a report. Then they said like, okay, who should champion this idea? And then they had those people come and like say it to the, the upper staff. And then they started implementing some plans and all that stuff. And they said it was honestly, the, the people loved it because they felt in control and they felt heard because they, the people in your company know what's going on. Right. And they know how to do solutions. And I think they get frustrated when they can't. And that's what I get frustrated. Like, um, I'm part of the city and I have some solutions for them and it might be my ego saying this, but like you, you literally won't let me help you. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Especially when you pay money yeah. to be a part of the city. So I, I was talking to Lance, telling him about this when we were driving to, driving to work. Um, and I said, we should have a, a notes day. And I said something about, and then it shouldn't be just 10% reduction. Well, Al, Al was like, I, I want to have a day where we get 15% better. And I go, let's just call it the 5% day. 5%, 5% Friday. You said 5%. 5% Friday. Yep, exactly. Yep. Let's have a 5% Friday. And, and it's not necessarily a reduction. is 5% improvement in the firm. Because what if it's something that's going to take longer, but then our reputation will go up, our airs will go down. We're okay with that. Um, so at lunch today, we're going to announce to the guys that next Friday, if it works out on our schedule, so I don't know if it does. Next we'll, Friday, we are gone, so no. Okay. The Friday after. <laughs> <laughs> um, see, oh, we see, see, how little we, see how little we know about each other? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't even know that I'm gone next Friday. <laughs> so we'll have to do the podcast on Thursday. Which we could probably do. Yeah. I have another idea, but keep going. Cool. Drive into fishing. Something. Um, and, we'll, we'll, and, and, and I want to break it into, okay, let's talk, bring ideas. And then I want half the day to be on execution too, because we're such a small firm. Because they had, they had large initiatives, right? I have things that I know. If I had a half day, I could implement it, put it in the template. We're good to go. Um, so we'll talk to them and, and see how it goes. Yeah. Sweet. Is it, is it time for Nicholas? Nick reads. Here we go. Hello, best friends. I hope you had a great week this week. A reading. Excellent delivery. Bringing in business is one thing. Winning repeat business is another. The key to loyal clients is to make sure you have excellent delivery of your services. This is a core part of the design process. From your opening conversations until the final handover to the client, you want to refine your delivery process. The best delivery integrates collaboration, execution, and deep resources. Collaboration. Leading professional service firms have a collaborative culture. Start by integrating in-house capabilities thus empowering you to make a richer offering to your clients. The next step is collaborating with your client to find the right solution. Often I see service professionals failing to listen to their clients. They view themselves as the expert and they expect their clients to take their advice wholesale. While you might have the better answer, you need to work together to explore the full range of options. Only then can you generate a solution that has a strong buy-in. 
Bart Gensler. Al, have yourself a great weekend. Toodles! What I find after this reading in that book, Bart uh, Gensler's book, he talks about a story. And this one company, I think it was, I can't remember what, wanted to make the tallest building in their city. And after studying it and, and, and looking at it, they said, hey, actually, if we did a shorter building, and they knew that someone was already building like an even taller building that they probably weren't going to be able to break. If we do a shorter building, we can have each department on its own level so that they can talk to each other. We can do it for lower cost than you expected, and we can get it done quicker than, than expected. And they said yes, and it, it turned out great. So there's a difference when you're collaborating. There's a, a vision of what you want the tallest building. And then there's goals like, hey, on budget, on time, and we want to make the best company to, to work in there. So sometimes if the vision and goals don't align, you can use the goals to reshape the vision. Yeah, I agree 100%. Yeah. The other thing I think is critical to delivery, and I'm going to tell a failure story, is don't if you are assembling if it's a crapshoot from the beginning meaning <clears throat> let's say let's say the client doesn't want to hire uh the engineers that they need to sure right let's yep and they go and, and no just go ahead there's architect in a typical project and this could be for a different business but okay you need an architect you need a structural engineer you need a mechanical engineer sometimes a plumbing and you need a civil like that's your team so you're saying there's a scenario where they don't want to hire interiors. The whole the, it was yeah. So so let's just but, but let's just, let's just say it's architecture, the architects and all the engineers that are necessary. From this is coming from the city, and they're saying you have to have all these disciplines on board. Yep. But the client for some reason just thinks like, wow, we did it, we did it, we did it this way in another city. We only had the architect, and you just can't, you cannot get them to budge on it. If you're not starving, I would, I would. That's where I would put my line, my I would draw a line, line in the sand, and I'd say, "Well, then I, I just I can't comfortably go into this project because what's going to happen is, and then you have to, and then you have to cite like I've been down this road before. We've tried to do this. We get so far in the permitting process, and then and then all of a sudden it comes out, and they go, we need to see mechanical plans. Why don't you have mechanical plans? And then it's a crapshoot. It's a complete crapshoot from there because." Everybody's delivering at the same time. All of a sudden, you're like bringing a whole other discipline and layering them on top at the last minute. So if anybody ever runs into that situation, I cannot stress it enough. Either just walk away or, or demand it to the point where you where you get them to hire the necessary people they do. Don't let it be a crapshoot. Or, <clears throat> no, so all projects have unexpected things happen in them. We know it. The, there's, an, there's another way. The, being more nimble. And I think you already told them multiple times because I know this project, what you're talking about, but like send almost like a formal letter saying, Hey, by the way, just let you know, the city says you need this. I think you need this. What I think will happen is that at some time in the future, you will need this and this will be, do you want to know how I'm going to do that? But, but, but because then in your mind, Lance, you are, he's, that client is already going to be like, Nope, this is it. Like everything's firm and it's going to rock them. So when it happens and we know it's going to happen, like, yeah, we know what it was happened. We're nimble. You know, we know you're going to have to jump onto that. They'll be frustrated. We'll know. We'll tell our guys like, Hey guys, this will probably happen. No, don't let it hurt them. Don't let it hurt, uh, you, you know, don't let it affect you say, no, no, we're jumping from iceberg to iceberg here. 
and we know that the icebergs are out there and where they are. The other, we told the clients, they don't know, but it, it, like what you said, if you, if you weren't starving or on the verge, like that's how you be nimble with it and then keep the client yeah, too, exactly. rather than just stonewalling. Yeah. Them saying, but if you are, it. but if you are starving, then I think you have to be nimble. That's what you're saying, right? Exactly. Exactly. And you need to be, you need to be. And, and people need to know that Lance and I, even when we're full, we know in two months, oh, there might not be like, we're always on the verge of starvation. In there's our there's minds. like, there's like some, there's like some statement that I you, like literally live my entrepreneurial life by. And I know Alex says too, is like every entrepreneur wakes up broke or every entrepreneur wakes up uh, unemployed. Like that's how you think every day when you're an entrepreneur and you're a business owner is you, you that's the mentality you got to have no matter how much work you have. Like, no, I'm broke. I'm, yeah. I, I don't have, you know, and just, you set your mind there and then, you know, go to the other place where I was going to, what I was going to say is what I'm going to do in preparation for if this happens again, is I have these, I have these excellent emails back and forth and I will block people's names out about where they came from, but between the city and the engineer and to like show the cascade of, we tried it. We've tried it before. Here's here's the examples, and I'll try to make it as clean and condensed as possible. But like, this is the route it ha- you know that occurs every time, and you just gotta hire this discipline right away. I'm sorry, I know it costs more money, but in the end, you know, we I've been down this road. Here's the proof. Yeah, and and, and, and everybody hates to be wrong, so I don't. You know, it is what it is. You gotta just frick. You gotta just go down that road sometimes. Well, and then also maybe it's very because you're we are talking about. We thought we didn't have too much to talk about. How to respond to the city, right? And you actually came up with a, a concept, oh, a yeah. philosophy. And the philosophy this is, this was... This is interesting, yeah. Pl- play the stooge. Is that a good phrase? Pretty much. And, and basically saying, you know... And and I, I want to know if if I was wrong when I went back to the, the city. Because basically I laid out a page and a half about why we don't need a variance. And it's pretty much bulletproof, Right. But guess what in their heads? That's that's me saying, hey, I'm an architect. I know everything. Mr. Architect coming in here. Big and, A architect. And nothing is 100%. Nothing. Nothing is 100% probability. So they could find something like, oh, yeah, he thinks he's so smart, but he forgot this one thing. So this one thing, no. You know what I mean? That that can that can happen in everything. That's why businesses and bureaucracies working with the government take forever because they try to eliminate it down to, you know, whatever when – Hey, sometimes rockets blow up. Not, you know, you don't want it with people on it, but like you, <laughs> Elon Musk, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Literally the first like three blew up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so w- what I'm getting at there is your philosophy was w- you tell them. <laughs> so, so I'll, I'll first, I got to play out the, the, fir- the first way, the first, the first attempt I think is this way is, and this, I think this is the wrong, I, for me, I'm, this is my ex- experiment of doing it a different way of, so let's say a building official or not a building official, a plan reviewer says, Oh, code X, Y, and Z are on the plans. You need to do this and this and this. And then you as the architect get all huffy puffy and you say, Oh no, I'm going to the code. I'm smarter. I'm smarter. All it's going to set it up for is I'm challenge, smarter. I'm smarter. Challenge, I'm, smarter I'm smarter. I'm smarter. But instead, instead we we took the approach of just answering their question in a written response back very cordial very just like okay here's how we fixed it okay here's how we fixed it okay here's how we fixed it cuz then all of a sudden it wasn't just us going uh no here's where the code and the exception is so then then all of a sudden the plans reviewer you know the comments got less they got less and they got less and we got a permit mm. yeah i think that there's such a there's so much nuance to these situations too, because 
a lot of times you get a lot more. Um, I was dealing with a, a company. I was trying to get something shipped to me. And there's the stick and then there's the honey, right? So with Longmont before, with our project, I was honey, 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 honey. Just like, hey, thanks, guys. Every time they'd email me back within a day or two, I'd be like, that's awesome. That's amazing, guys. You're doing great, right? And then all of a sudden, this big thing blew up because it was uh, it was me trying to do that nice way. Yeah, sure, we'll do that. We'll the do the dumb time. Comment. We'll do that dumb comments. And I think the stick needed to come out. And it did. And it, and it did. And, <laughs> it was it, recorded. And it was recorded, and they were not happy. And I don't know what to, else to say besides maybe be comfortable that. And we'll see if that comes comes out. Because when I was dealing with this other company trying to get something shipped to me, and they messed it up, so I first come out with the stick. Like, guys, where is this? What is going on? They wouldn't reply. And just this email threads of me, you know, like I called you, whatever. Then I finally just retyped a new email and, and just said, hey, my package went missing. Blah, blah, blah. Could you let me know where it's at? And instead of trying to like list out everything and be the smartest, they're like, oh, yeah, we're sorry. Here you go. Send a new one. And then, then they said, yeah, I'll ship it in a month, you know. And I go, I go, I go, uh, hey, is there any way you could send me a, another version uh, quicker? I'd greatly appreciate it. Oh, no problem. What did Teddy Roosevelt, what was one of his favorite quotes? Walk softly, but carry a big stick. Boom. That's exactly it. That's exactly what you got to do. Write softly, but carry a big stick. Right? Ooh. How, how do you flash write, write, the... Write softly, but carry a big pen. How do you flash the pen or the stick? Because they need to know that you have it. Yeah. I don't know, but we don't need to answer that question either. But I think that's kind of the moral of the story. For me, anyway. Is yep. I feel like that's the right approach. Yeah. Hey, speaking, I have to... My brain is jumping all over the place, yeah. which is totally fine. Uh, but it's a piece of advice that I think is worthwhile. Uh, someone was in, and I was doing something. Oh, the accountant was in. And then I somehow I said, oh, okay. She asked me, like, what this stuff was, so I told her a podcast. And then she saw the camera and said, oh, I'm going to film something tomorrow. She's like, oh, how do you guys do so much stuff? Uh-huh. And, and I go, oh, I, I don't know. You know, I don't have an answer for that. But because we brought up that I'm making these training videos and stuff like that, do you, honestly, do you know how we do so much, so much stuff? Because I'm not as busy as, not as, I'm just as productive as Gresh or you or whatever. You know, we're about the same. People are productive here. Our force multiplier, honestly, is training. That's our force model. Like if someone, how are you so busy? Oh, I'm, I'm not. I just train my guys so they can do all the stuff that needs to happen. Thus, I have to do less of that so then I can do these other things. So whenever that training comes out, I'm sure on the next podcast, we'll let you know, like that's your secret force multiplier. Absolutely. And I was, I, I my wife and I were talking about this last night over dinner is, is about, about, you know, when I, I was, I was bragging about some of the guys in the firm about how well how good they're doing there was there was an email that was sent out yesterday it was it was so perfectly done all i had to do was copy copy the content and and then send it to the client and copy copy the the designer that did it at the firm i mean it was so well done i was like wow you are basically in a management position this is fantastic i can't and i responded back to him and complimented him and everything like that and so I was telling my wife this, and then she goes, well, when do you think, when do you think they're going to, when do you, when would you just, you know, give them a client or like get them? I said, like, well, there's a sales training that needs to happen. And I said, here's how I think it happens. I think, I think maybe they come, they tag along to say for between three and six meetings. Okay. And they just observe 
and they take they take extra notes on top of my notes. Maybe they ask a question or two or something like that. Then in the next three to six meetings after those, and so then I do all the contract writing and whatever. Then in the next three to six meetings after that, then I give them a cheat sheet. So I used to do this when I when I first started Me doing too. sales, and you too. You'd have a little cheat sheet or at least like a list of questions written in your sketchbook because the client's not really watching what you're what you're writing down. Sometimes before I go in, when I'm walking from the the truck to the thing, I'll go budget, you know, cost, yeah. timeline, you know, and just just so I don't forget. Yeah. So there, and there is like you know, there's usually like six six questions that always come out when I'm asking people questions, right? Yeah. Like this kind of stuff, Alex said. So I said, so then in those meetings, you give you give. You give that employee those primers, and you say, "Hey, let's now let's tag team this, okay?" And I'll interject whenever I need to or whatever. And then, then with then those ones, then then you sit there and work with them on a proposal with the with the with the employee. Yep. And until they win their first couple, okay. Then once they win their first couple, then observe how the process goes. Okay. Yep. Let them do all the billing, everything. And then I think that's, so this is all, I think, in a what, one year process. Yep. By the end of that year, you should have a salesman on your hands. That's my, that's my spitball idea. Well, I think then you couple it with, which what we talked about is like, how do you, how do you pass on a firm and sp- split up ownership, right? If they're taking on this responsibility, they should get a larger cut, right? And this will probably happen after we build our new headquarters and all that stuff. So let's pretend this is all just generic numbers, right? So let's pretend the firm splits, not splits, but ownership does a third, a third, and then a third of the new pool, right? And however many guys that is, they get a third. And what I think is interesting, what, what I'm going to try to do, and we'll probably have to do it legally is that I don't like the idea that some other firms are doing where, Hey, you automatically get it, but you don't get paid. Like if you own a third of the firm, you, sh- you get a third of the, third of the dividends at, yep. at the end. That's not how they do it. It's if you leave, basically they buy back their sh- their shares and then you get money. So literally, if if something happened, let's say the recession happened, if you were smart, hey, I'm going to quickly leave, get my 10, 15, 30 grand out because they're going to be firing people anyways and it's going to lead into a death spiral. So the incentives aligns with when you leave does not make sense. So if we have to make a class B share or something like I don't know, say, hey, you're getting this. And I don't even know if you need to pay in. I don't even think you need to pay in. You get a percentage of the profits because you are running projects from top to bottom. Top to bottom. You, you are bringing long, in revenue. That's, and for me, that's the critical part. As long as you are here. Yep. Because you don't get to just leave and then take, you know, like, because then someone else needs that incentive. And that's how I think it should work out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because it's perverse if all the money is going outside the company forcing you to work harder for lower wages so that they can get a higher return. Mm. Yeah. No, literally perverse. Not not at F9. So let's go on to the next segment. Let's bring in the guys and let's do ARE Jeopardy. All right, here we go with the first question. Number one, according to IRC 802.7.1, Memorize that. Uh, what is the max depth that you can notch out a bird's mouth cut for a roof rafter? So if a roof rafter is coming down, it's sitting on a wall. That wall is perpendicular to the ground. The rafter is not because it's at some sort of angle. So you have to have to notch out. So what is the de- if the depth is one, right? What's the max you can 
notch out. Here are your uh, answers. A, D, one-fifth. So one-fifth of that depth. B, so I won't say D because D is like equals depth. I'll just do A, B, C, D. So A, one-fifth. B, one-third. D, C, one-half. D, one-fourth. That's a lot of that's a lot of silence on the radio, Al. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's thinking, contemplating. <laughs> Sorry. In their head. I was texting. All right. What do we got? D, B, B. The answer is D. The answer is one-fourth is all you can notch out. That's it. And... So, Gresh, you would, you would like this. Um, 802.7.1, why I say that is because it says, hey, um, to figure out, they have a graph and they have it shown there. And they say, to figure out what that should equal, go to 304.1. It's like, oh, why didn't you just? And to, all that code said was the answer to that. Wow. Wow. All right. Oh, wow. Okay, I got to put... Question two, a fire during construction destroys the wood framing. Whose insurance covers the damages? A, the architects, B, the owner, C, the contractors, D, the person who dropped the cigarette. Huh. What, if, what if it wasn't a cigarette? If it's in Colorado. Architect, owner, contractor, person who dropped the cigarette. Where did you get this question from? I can't tell you. Can't tell me. Good. Don't tell me. Okay. C, B, C. B is the answer. All right. We got a tie. Uh, You're sure it wouldn't be the contractor? No. So I read this. I'm not going to say where, but it says whose insurance covers the damages. And they said the owners because the owner gets the uh, wrap policy for like everything. And they, and they said it wouldn't be the contractor, and this is what they said, because the contractor only, requires, uh, only covers um, damages and something else. I'm like, you said damage in the question. Oh, okay. And then I wanted to lament about how I'm so happy I don't have to take these, but I didn't want to dishearten and, you know, our, our lovely employees here. Okay. All right, great. So what do we got, a tie so far? Tie. Okay. Number three. What is a hor- what are you doing? What are you doing now? Nothing. Okay, Do it. Read he's, it. He's, yeah, he's messing around. Okay, number three. What is a horizontal tie beam connecting two opposing rafters at a level above the wall plates known as A tie beam, B rafter tie, C collar beam, D flat collar? Do you need that repeated? What is a horizontal tie beam connecting two opposing rafters at a level above the wall plates known as A, tie beam, B, rafter tie, C, collar beam, D, flat collar? I wrote this one myself, and I'm very proud of the trickery. Yeah. Very proud. Do, 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 do. Do, do, do. What do you got? Are yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, you got it? Yeah. C, D, I, C. C is correct. C is correct. Collar beam. The uh, tricky part was that uh, I said tie beam. Yeah. That's the tricky part. But yes, it's a collar beam. So just think about like uh, any kind of little bungalow that we do in Denver where it's just the rafters and a collar beam. Correct me as if I'm wrong. So when you were reading that, I was thinking, I was like, I've never heard of a tie beam. Is True. there a tie beam? No. So, so I, that, made, I made it up. Exactly. 
So that's where they'll I trick even, you. They'll, I, they'll literally say something that's like maybe in the question, but you're like, that's not a real thing. I've never heard of that. And, and, and they tie it to the question. Yeah. Uh, so been there, done that, right? Yeah. Okay. Number four, we got to yep. Gresh resources in the lead. Yep. So Sweet. if Gresh gets it wrong and the other two gets it right, we'll have a three-way tie. Nice. Okay. Number four. Okay. What, what does NW stand for? For brick. For brick. Remember, this ties back to last. Yeah. This yeah. was going to be the bonus question. So you have to write. It's not A, B, C, or D. Yep. What, what does it stand for? What does NW stand for and in regards to brick? If no one gets it exactly, we'll pick who gets it closest. Okay. I, well. Because they could write this. That's a subjective decision. Yeah, but I am. What did you just write? Try it again. Oh, I see. Yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, they could do that. That's possible. Anything's possible. This is a fresh marker. Anything's anything's possible except the impossible. Exactly. Okay, we have non-weather, <laughs> retardant, non-weathering, and non-weather, non-weathered. So what? Wow. Are we, say, read it again. So we have non-weather, retardant. So that's three words. <laughs> non-weathering, and. Weathered. Ooh. Weathered. Which one has least letters? Mark. Wow. <laughs> because it's no weather. So we the have answer, a tie. The answer, the answer is no weather. So you're very close. How do we... Bre- Rock, uh, paper, scissors. No, I got, a, I got another one. Oh, wow. Okay. This is two ways. And I, I'm going to give you a hint, okay? This is for the tiebreaker. You come back in just for funsies. Yep. What does... I did, wait, wait, wait a second. Let me see. Scroll down. Yeah, where's the other question? Scroll all I the way make down. Sure, I want to make sure we didn't do wheel. the last ones. There we go. We're scrolling. This is, is it all the way down. All the way great down. Great airtime, Lance. Yeah, exactly. Uh, did, 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 we didn't. Oh, we good. We didn't say it. Okay, great. Okay. What does SW stand for in brick? What does SW stand for in brick? Do you know what this one is, huh? Ah, uh, that that'll be the that'll be the tie tiebreaker. You're close. I, I know what it is now. I know okay. what it is. Uh, it's this. You yes, know? yes, you are correct. Okay. I remember now. Okay, we have some answer. Structural weather. Structural weather. God, you guys. What? okay it's severe weather all right we're gonna give you one more okay (laughs) the tie tiebreaker the tie of all ties i i know but it's still the same thing but you can play along you can play along yep what does mw stand for in grade of brick (laughs) (laughs) wide plans break (laughs) No, no, MW. Oh, I was thinking W. Wow. Dyslexia works upside down these days, too. Oh, I don't know. It, for those of you who don't know, Al has slight dyslexia. Yeah. I, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. That, that, was, that was pretty crazy. <laughs> they they like, move whoa, and flip. Oh, wide flange brick. Yeah. MW. Come on. God dang it. Medium. Okay. Medium weather. Moderate weather. What do you have? Jason technically got it right. Yeah, Jason's back in, <laughs> okay. even though he's out. Okay, so now we need a tie, tie, tie breaker. 
Well, I, I don't know if he can. I, I, rock, paper, scissors. All right, yeah. Let's just do rock, paper, scissors. No, no. not a three-way. No, it's a, Jason was just way, for fun. Two-way. Two but at least Jason kicked like butt he, on that In one. spirit? God, I, I, it was a layup, right? At the end. Moderate? Severe? Yeah. Moderate? Severe? No. no moderate? No. Non. Medium? I get medium, though. Yeah. That's what he said at first. Al. Yeah. Okay. Also, is flat color technically wrong? <laughs> Gresh wins. <laughs> Mark is devastated. <laughs> Eventually, hopefully, Holy hopefully cow. this will be. Motions fly high. Some, I know. So at some point, we, I really want this to be video recorded because the, the physicality yeah. he here messed up his is, hair. Incre- is incredible. <laughs> Looks all right. good. <laughs> That's all we got for ARE Jeopardy. We'll be back. All right. To tie back in, um, we know that you're just itching to get that Revit training, but if you haven't got Revit to begin with, that would be your first step. Uh, you can get Revit Lite for $65 a month. Uh, it might even, that's with AutoCAD. You can get just Revit Lite, I think, for $55 a month. You can buy the full Revit for $275 a month. Uh, but if you're just starting out, you might start out with the Revit Lite. Uh, the second thing, if you are into building better architecture, the way you do it is you build better business. Go to entrearchitect.com forward slash free course. Start there. Uh, if you if you love the podcast, we would love it if you share it with some of your friends, colleagues, and family members, anybody who could benefit. Please just share your favorite episode with them. Uh, it's been great. Uh, and then also, thanks so much for everybody who sent who's reviewed us on iTunes. If you haven't yet, please please leave us a five star review. It helps with our rankings, uh, helps us spread the message. And if you do that and you haven't, or you have, or you haven't. Please email Alex at AKG at F9 Productions. Follow us on the Twitter at Inside the Because Firm I'm going to give you a free book. A free book. That's yep. why you'd email the me. Creativity you can code. email me for fun if you want to. You but could ask if, him all kinds of questions. If they're stupid, I Play dyslexia tricks on him. Ooh. I might of, reply to those. He might reply to those. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. See you next week.